you know, normally I start off these these podcasts with like a silly joke about the seasons because, you know, we do these quarterly, which ends up being seasonally. And I'd be like, oh, it's spring. So, of course, it's getting warm and everything. But today it's like freezing rain and snowing where I am. So it's not really spring like. But that doesn't take away from the fact that this is a new episode of your favorite quarterly podcast. This is episode number nine of the seasonal anime checkup. I'm your host, as always, Jared, and thank you for joining what is now the third year of this silly anime podcast that turned into a website that I had no idea that was going to have, that any of that stuff was going to actually happen back when this whole shindig started three years ago now. So two years are in the books. Let's hope for at least two more and, you know, many more to come as we continue down this four times a year podcast thing. For some reason, I thought it was a good idea at the very the very beginning of this, and still do, so it's going to keep going that way. But thank you once again for joining us. This is a podcast that deals with the seasons of anime, so we are going to look back at the winter season of 2016, look ahead to spring of 2016, so we'll preview all the new animes and stuff, talk about shows that were in the backlog or out-of-season shows, talk about movies, and then that's it. It's four simple things, basically. And then it's also a, I guess you could say it's a community-based podcast, because I give my thoughts, I send it out to you, the people of the internet, to give your thoughts as well, if you so choose. And there will be uh, various people giving thoughts in this very podcast, better than the last episode where it was just me. So we've bumped up to four other people, which I think might be a record for one of these little podcasts. I would have to go look back and look that up, but didn't do that research before I started recording this. I, that's that's how things roll around here. But anyways, uh, you can listen to past episodes, or if you want to tell your friends about this episode, you can listen to it at soundcloud.com slash markoutdarkout. You'll find the seasonal anime checkup playlist. You can go to youtube.com slash, I don't think I've changed that, <laughs> that's, that URL yet, but we're on YouTube. If you search seasonal anime checkup, you'll be able to find the episodes of the podcast on there. We're on iTunes if you search Mark Out Dark Out. And at the website, seasonalanimecheckup.com, you click the podcast button, and it will give you various ways to listen to this podcast. It'll give you the SoundCloud playlist. It'll give you the YouTube playlist. It'll give you an iTunes link, since those are the three ways you can listen to the podcast. But that that's basically if you're like, hey, I'm going to give this to my friend. That's the quickest way to do it. Go to seasonalanimecheckup.com slash podcast. I think that's the URL. If not, just go to seasonalanimecheckup.com and then click the podcast button. And then you can just give that URL to your friend or just post it on social media if you want to spread the word. And also, thanks to everyone who listened to the last episode, episode 8. Another high listen rate. Always appreciative of that. And then, of course, since we're going to be talking about shows that happened last season and, you know, some stuff that happened out of season to movies, there will be spoilers so be wary of that. So if we start talking about a show that you want to watch or you're currently watching, you should probably skip ahead a few minutes or so until we're not talking about that show and we're talking about something else. And hopefully it's not another show you want to you want to watch or, or currently watching, so you have to keep skipping ahead. And you just completely miss the entire podcast, which you really wouldn't because we would preview spring, and that's not going to be spoilery. It's going to be giving synopsis of all the shows. But anyways, let's dive right into winter season 2016 it was a season it was cold and there was a few shows in there that was actually really good surprisingly so but first we're gonna go to a response from the internet this is from origami 10 on tumblr 
who wanted to talk about Ajin. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Demi-human. This season I watched Ajin and was so blown away that sadly I didn't give anything else a try. The animation is in 3D style and the plot and characters are, are very interesting if you don't mind some gore. I feel like not enough people have heard of it, so please, at least take a look at it if you haven't yet. I think I've heard of it, because obviously I talked about it in the preview for last episode, but did not watch a single thing of that, so you know, maybe I'll give it a try sometime. Up next we're going to go to a Skype call that I have not recorded yet, but I'll record later sometime, hopefully. We're going to go to our good pal Chris, friend of the site, A Star B Select on Tumblr, and he's going to tell us some more about Assassination Classroom. Unfortunately, due to scheduling conflicts, Chris couldn't make it onto the podcast, so a lot of what I said beforehand and what I'm going to say after is not going to make much sense anymore. But he did want to say about Assassination Classroom, it was cool, and he liked it. So there you go. Now, back to me and saying some stuff that's not going to make sense. All right, and hopefully that that whole thing ended up really well because I haven't recorded it yet. But it's gonna go it's gonna go slide right into that slot right there, and it'll be like it's it's all fine. It was like I just recorded it right then. A okay. Let's talk about Durarara, the final part of season two. The finale of season two, which I can safely say this time was a mixed bag of everything and anything goes wrong, and then magically finding a way to work itself out. With Mikado's sociopathic turn finally complete, I'm not entirely sure entirely sure I bought him as this evil mastermind. Though that could be the case considered he was being highly manipulated by others within the dollars. I'm at least glad the show did not go with him killing himself in the very end, as that would have been such a cop-out and a terrible ending. I cannot confirm this myself, but there are problems between the adaptation and the source material, especially with regards to the ending. In fact, that might be a slight trend with the past season. Apparently a lot of people were talking about how, I think it was the light novels, were vastly different in terms of characterizations between the two mediums, so it was kind of strange, I guess, for I guess the people who read those light novels first and then watched this, they were not particularly happy. Particularly happy. But I think that's kind of to be expected sometimes, you know, with, with these adaptations and whatnot. But, you know, with season two being 36 episodes, I want to say, you kind of think like they would be able to fit everything in and be able to get everything right, but that just isn't the case sometimes. Case in point, we're going to talk about Erased, and that's going to be another, another show that deals with issues with adaptations. Perhaps the best show of the season at times, Erased, aka Bokodake ga Inai Mache, was an action-packed mystery that left viewers on the edge of their seat each and every week. Erased might have made quite possibly one of my favorite adaptive choices when showing the differences between time periods by letterboxing the show any time the show went into the past. It's a subtle touch, but it's absolutely brilliant. I may have slightly ruined the show for myself by reading the manga right before the finale episode in order to avoid spoilers. The first half of the show goes hand-in-hand hand with the manga. After that, the two forms of media start to diverge and go their own paths. The anime begins to condense various plot points and remove people from them as well. Kayo is removed from the latter half of the season, even though she is there in the manga. Iri's role in the end is greatly reduced, and the time frame of the ending is greatly condensed compared to the manga. This causes great story changes between the two, but in order to meet the length of the manga, the anime would have needed to be extended for another 3-4 episodes, and a 16-episode season just doesn't happen. Watch the anime, and then read the manga to get the complete experience, which will make it more enjoyable. 
is especially a bummer considering the ending of the manga is so much better than the way the the anime ends. It's you get this complete cat and mouse game once again between the main villain and the protagonist. And it's just like this final showdown and it ends on this burning bridge and it's so climactic and intense. But then like the anime is like, ah, they go on a roof and fake falling off, fake falling off the roof of it. So, eh. And then the, the ending scene of the anime really doesn't make sense because the whole point of Irie being this photographer is completely explained within the manga because that is the, the dream she has that she doesn't tell Satoru at the very beginning of the show, but they never put that into the anime, so it kind of is disjointed. But in the manga, it all makes sense, so what can you do? With another opinion on Erased, let's go to friend of the site, Haley, who is shorty-cake on Tumblr. While I initially dropped Erased after the first episode due to lack of interest, it ended up being my top pick for last season. Despite what I consider a rocky first few episodes, the show managed to pull off an incredibly moving story about a man getting a second shot at life. I spent most of the second half of the show nail-biting and screaming at the protagonist, which is a good thing, because I was invested AF. Which is a good way to censor yourself, because this is a family-friendly podcast. The villain, while pretty obvious from the get-go, was terrifying and intriguing. Seriously, the villain reveal, scr- villain reveal scene in the car almost made me pee myself. That was some death note shiz. I know the show received criticism to do a rushed and slightly underwhelming finale, but I really liked how it wrapped up. Slightly slightly bittersweet, but mostly hopeful. If you check out one show from this season, it should be erased. If only for that OP and e- ED, because dang. They were really good choices for music in that. Let's talk about Haikyuu. The second half of Haikyuu continued Kawasano's ascension to the top and right back into a rematch from last season's intense match with Albai Josai. It makes sense for the end of the season to be the culmination of the team's hard work to finally get the win back that left them devastated at the end of Season 1. The season does end in a weird spot as it's in the middle of the tournament and right before the final. The third season will be coming later on in the year and will give the show more time to have a gap with the manga as the show, as if the show continued on now, it might prove to be detrimental to that dynamic. Regardless, Haikyuu continues to be one of the top sports animes currently airing and is a blast to watch. That finals match is going to be a part of season three is going to be intense because I've, I've read through the manga now and kind of spoiled myself that way. But that match could easily probably could get like, I don't know. It could be the first half of season three, pretty much just how crazy and intense that that whole match is going to get. And it's going to change. It's going to take like a weird turn after that match. Cause it goes into some of the other teams competing in that tournament. I forget what it's called, but so it'll be, It'll be a different show from that point on because it'll be, you know, the different teams' perspectives that, you know, we've basically just gotten Karasano's perspective from season one and season two. But now it's going to be like, here's the other teams and how they're doing within that tournament. Bubble Suit Gundam, Iron-Blooded Orphans. I end up watching a lot of the latter half of Iron-Blooded Orphans in chunks. It might have been due to the Sunday air date not lining up with me having to watch it or having time to watch it on Sundays. Seriously. There's a lot of homework to do on Sundays. It's, it doesn't line up a lot. Every time I would come back to watching it, I would remember, oh, right, this show is really good. The back half of Iron Blood Orphans really dealt with the conflicting, conflicting ideologies of Tekaden and Mars wanting to have more freedom and step out of Earth's shadow, while the militaristic regime Gallahorn and Earth want to continue to be the true ideological state apparatus. As deaths start to pile up, the end of the season really sees the two ideologies clash with one another. 
considering the Tekaden is made up of kids, their way of seeing, their way of thinking, excuse me, has not matured, so they go all in on the ideology that they were brought up in and try to defy it. One of the adults that is with the group basically says of the plans at the end of the season that they are completely insane and illogical, to which the members reply that they have to do it. They are completely immersed in the Tekaden ideology. With the second season coming later in the year, it will be interesting to see how Tekaden continues on and how McGillis' sociopathic power play at the end of the season to take Gallahorn will play out. Here's a surprise from last or yeah, from last season. Psycho Boys. Psycho Boys was a great way to spend ten minutes each week. As a short form anime, it was an excellent way to get over the gag without overstaying its welcome. It was over the top and ridiculous to think to think those statues of old gods can be an idol group, but that's anime for you. I certainly think that if the show had been extended to a normal 23-ish minute episode, the gag would have played out, or yeah, the gag would have played out by the fourth episode. Can't even read my own writing. Maybe it can come back for another short form season, but Psycho Boys might just be a case of one and done, and that wouldn't be a bad idea. And now for the true surprise of last season, Shoura Genroko Rakugo Shinjo. I'm a sucker for period pieces, so I'm glad that I went out on a whim to check this show out. You can tell I'm not typing out the name of the show anymore just because I don't have to say it a lot. Based around the form of entertainment more popular in the mid-20th century Japan, Rakugo, the show blends educating viewers on the medium and also injecting drama throughout. I was worried since the pilot was an hour-long episode and the show could sustain itself with that length, but that was the only episode of that length as a way to set up the frame story. Essentially, the show takes place in two time periods, the present, which happens in the pilot and finale episodes, and then during the 1940s for the most part throughout the rest of the season. Considering I barely saw anyone talking about this show throughout the season, I was very surprised at the end it was confirmed to have a season 2. Continuing the story is great, and will hopefully get more people to watch in the meantime, which you should totally do as this is the best or second best show of the season, really depending on the day. It was like, ah, this show's really great, it's the best one, and eh, maybe it's the second best. That just happens. That's it for winter season, 2016. Let's talk about some movies, or I guess movie. Specifically, Persona 3 the movie number 3 falling down. The penultimate Persona 3 movie finally saw release in English subs and was about what you would expect if you've played the game. Ryoji gets his time to shine as he debuts in the movie, the relationship between Junpei and Chidori blossoms, and Seas gets to take some time to relax on vacation. For me, the movie felt very quick compared to the previous two movies. Falling Down does have a little for everyone. Intense action, I guess in super creeper mode, Junpei's butt, and a lot of sad moments. With the next movie being billed as the finale, it is disappointing that there does not seem to be a movie that will be made of the answer, unless that will be saved as a surprise. Saved as a surprise, if I can enunciate. With the emotions that Falling Down brings, it almost makes me dread the final movie, because if you thought this movie was sad, the finale is going to drain you of your tears. And now let's head into the backlog, or out-of-season shows, whatever you want to call them. And we only have one, because I, unfortunately, did not have time to watch anything in the backlog, because I've been so busy with this semester of school. But we do have an opinion. Friend of the site Anne, aka Nobody Loves a Perfect Hero on Tumblr, has some thoughts about ghost stories, which, if you've, you know, read up or watched anime for a good while, you've probably heard of ghost stories. When I first heard about ghost stories, it was mainly small clips of characters saying ridiculous things and people drawing a comparison to Yu-Gi-Oh! the abridged series. There is one huge difference, though. Ghost Stories is the official English dub, and it is one of the funniest anime series I have ever watched. For those of you who are unaware, Ghost Stories was originally a Scooby-Doo-esque series where elementary school kids have to put ghosts awakened by urban sprawl back to spiritual sleep. 
The Japanese version was deemed so terrible and boring that the company that had the rights for the English dubbed decided to allow the voice actors to ad-lib the entirety of the series. The result is a hilarious mishmash of gibberish, political commentary, crude sex jokes, breaking the fourth wall by either making fun of the plot or the animation, and more Barbara Streisand jokes than I have ever thought one series could handle. I had more fun watching Ghost Stories than I have watching an anime in a long time, and there wasn't an episode where I didn't laugh so hard that I had to pause it. The series obviously doesn't take itself seriously, and as it progresses, the actors become bolder in what they choose to say. Even the original Japanese closing song somehow fits into the absurdity of the series, pairing a show of elementary school protagonists with an ending song called Sexy Sexy. I would have watched multiple seasons of this show had they existed. It was truly a highly entertaining anime that I cannot recommend enough. There's a reason that show is pretty much infamous around, you know, people who watch anime just because of that English dub being crazy as Anne puts it just very ridiculous and the the actors just ad-libbing everything pretty much also does this show now have like credibility to where we can go on to like scholarly sources like someone could source this podcast now since you know we have a doctorate candidate giving thoughts about anime I'm, I'm just gonna believe that we can so you know use this podcast to to source you know information about any of these shows in your upcoming papers follow whatever standards of writing you have to do to find out how to source how to cite a podcast clearly clearly we are now very uh, scholarly and educational i'm gonna put that in the field on soundcloud now educational <laughs> anyways let's let's dive into spring 2016 i want to thank everyone who gave their thoughts and i'll plug them at the end of the show but very much appreciate it as always spring 2016 which is kind of weird to preview all these shows because most of them are already out given that, you know, over the past week they've started to file in. But I couldn't do the podcast until now due to time restrictions from school and due to some shows not ending until last weekend. It's kind of, a, it's it's weird. So some of these episodes are already like, mo- or I should say most of these shows are on episode two now. And I'm just like, I haven't watched any of them except like one show. That's it. So... But if you haven't heard anything yet and you've been you know, holding out and trying to figure out what to watch, here's the preview for you. Well, let's start off with 12 Sai Shikanamune no Tokemeke from Oriental Light and Magic. Also, remember, I'm going to probably butcher half these titles just because that's just how I do things around here. The story begins with Hanabe, a sixth grade girl who is neither an adult nor a child. That's, yeah, well, she's... That's still child age. She deals with issues such as accidentally witnessing her homeroom teacher kissing and worrying about experiencing psychological changes before her friends. This is a depiction of a 12-year-old girl's innocent worries and first love. Aikatsu Stars from Bandai Namco. Aikatsu Stars features the protagonist Yumei Nijino. Yumei aims to become a top idol and she enrolls in Yotsusei Gakuen. This academy has a special group called the S4, who are the top four active idols in the school. Yume and the other first-year students aim to become a part of the S4. Bakuan from TMS Entertainment. Hope I pronounced that right. The story revolves around high school girls who discover the appeal of motorcycles. Okay, sure. Sakura Hane is a high school student who looks a little bit like an airhead. On the way to her... On the way to her all-female high school one day, she is worn out climbing a hilly road with a bicycle, but she sees a girl named Ansa Amano who is riding a motorcycle. Sakura immediately becomes interested in motorcycles, and she and Ansa join the motorcycle club at the school. Then Sakura sets out to get her license. Yeah, that, that all makes sense, clearly. 
Battle Spirits Double Drive from Bandai Namco. Shunta Mogami loves the Battle Spirits game. One day he's transported by a light from a Battle Spirits card to Spirits World, the origin of all Battle Spirits. He meets a girl named Ito. 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 Sure. Who claims to have summoned him to Spirits World in order to prevent his destruction at the hands of the revived evil God King, who once plotted the destruction of Spirits World before being defeated and sealed away. Together with the confident green deck wielding Yoku Albatrosa, who also came from another world, Shunta sets out to find the 12 God Kings who power, whose power originally sealed the evil God King. Beyblade Burst from Oriental Light and Magic. It's Beyblade. That's, that's all you should know. Big Order from Azreed. Ten years ago, a child wished for the destruction of the world. Now a group of people have the ability which grants their wishes depending on their power. They are called Order User. Before these great, great people who has the power of order, one person excels most with the ability to rule and conquer the world and turn people into puppet when it is on his jurisdiction. That's a weird sentence. That power belongs to Hoshimiya Eiji, who is also responsible for the destructive phenomena happened exactly ten years ago. That That whole... <laughs> that whole synopsis does, does not make sense. It's very badly word, worded, excuse me. Bishoujo Senshi Sailor Moon Crystal Deathbusters. It's the third season of Sailor Moon Crystal. The new season will assemble all ten Senshi, specifically the popular outer Senshi, such as Sailor Uranus, aka the best character in the entire series. Sailor Neptune and Sailor Saturn will join Sailor Moon, Sailor Chibi Moon, and the others. The new season will adapt the arc from the 5th and 6th volumes of the complete ed edition of Naoko Takayuchi's original Sailor Moon manga, which I've just read all of that because I had to do it for school, which doesn't make sense really for some people, but yeah, writing a 20-page writing a paper about Sailor Moon for school. That's the thing that's happening. Boko no Hero Acad Academia, excuse me, from Bones. I keep wanting to say Academy when I see that, but it's Academia. What would the world be like if 80% of the population manifested extraordinary superpowers called quirks at age 4? Heroes and villains would be battling it out everywhere. Becoming a hero would mean learning to use your power, but where would you go to? Where'd you go to study, excuse me? UA High's hero program, of course. But what would you do if you were one of the 20% who were born quirkless? Middle school student Izuku Midioria wants to be a hero more than anything, but he hasn't got an ounce of power in him. With no choice of ever getting into the prestigious UA high school for budding heroes, his life is looking more and more like a dead end. Then, an encounter with All Might, the greatest hero of them all, gives him a chance to change his destiny. Bungo Stray Dogs from Bones. Nakajima Atsushi was kicked out of his orphanage and now he has no place to go and no food. While he is standing by a river on the brink of starvation, he rescues a man whimsically attempting suicide. That man is Dazai Osumu, or Osamu. Whichever. And he and his partner, Kunikinda, are members of a very special detect detective agency. They have supernatural powers and deal with cases that are too dangerous for the police or the military. They're tracking down a tiger that has appeared in the area recently around the time Atsushi came to the area. The tiger seems to have a connection to Atsushi, and by the time the case is solved, it is clear that Atsushi's future will involve much more of Daizai and the rest of the detectives. Concrete Revolutio Shoujin Gensu, the last song. From also from Bones. Bones is just, you know, cleaning up around here. This is a long synopsis. Holy sh**. The stage is set in another Japan as a banquet of diverse superhumans unfolds. In an imaginary age of gods, about 20 years after the war, Japan has grown and developed by leaps and bounds. What if all the superhumans ever written about in fictional stories existed at the same time? 
Superhumans who came into existence through different circumstances and who are special in different ways. Titans from outer space, life forms from a mystical world, phantoms and goblins from ancient times, cyborgs created by scientists, relics that rose out of the ruins of ancient civilizations, and the list goes on. One segment of these superhumans makes no secret of their existence and has gained popularity in society. Others cloak their identities and fight in secrecy. There are enemies of superhumans as well, organizations that operate in the shadows. The Japanese government has taken many measures to secure peace and order. One is the establishment of an organization under the Ministry of Health and Welfare, the Overpopulation Research Laboratory, aka the Superhuman Bureau. That's a long name. Their mission is to identify and approach superhumans, then oversee and safeguard them. One member of the Superhuman Bureau, Jiro Hideyoshi, is the protagonist of the series. Duel Masters VSRF, the 12th Duel Master series. Thanks. <laughs> Endride from Brainsbase. The story is set on Indra, an unknown world beneath the surface of Earth itself. It is another world where the great Adamas shine above and seven colored bands drift across the sky. One day, Shun Asanaga, an ordinary yet positive and bright 15-year-old middle school boy who lived in the land above, lands in this place. He has discovered a mysterious crystal at his scientific businessman father's company. It's a weird way to describe that. And the moment he touched the crystal, he was transported to Indra. He meets Prince Imrio, who strongly despises the current king Durozane, and had turned had, had just turned 16 at Indra's castle. He became of age to ascend to the throne, and he wields a weapon to seek his vengeance at last, but the difference in strength proves to be insurmountable. Captured and imprisoned by Durozane, Imrio is heartbroken, but then the walls of the prison suddenly become distorted, and Shun appears within them. Two youths live in Indra, one to return to his former world and one to extract exact revenge, the future that is within the grasp of two youths raised in different worlds. Flying Witch from JC Staff, Aomori, Japan. In a land blessed by nature's bountif bountifully beauty, bizarre things begin to take place. Makoto Koata, 15 years old, is a professional witch. She left Yokohama with Chito, her black hat, to live in a house of her relatives in Aomori. This is where she begins to train as a witch. Even though Makoto's powers are still limited to just flying through the sky, she and her second cousins Kei and Shinatsu surely make the most out of each and every day. Future Card Buddy Fight DDDD is the third Future Card Buddy Fight TV series. Gakusen Toshi Asterisk 2 is the second season. I think it, this is the Asterisk Wars, I want to say. Less than a century ago, a meteor collided with the planet's surface, and the resulting disaster caused the next generation of humanity to develop a wide variety of amazing abilities. In the center of the meteor's creator lies Rika, a system of six, ac six academies known as the Asterisk. Ayato Amagiri enters the Asterisk as a transfer student hoping to compete in a special battle event known as the Festa. However, he quickly finds himself on the bad side of one of the strongest fighters around, the beautiful but fiery Julius Alexa von Riesfeld. To stand against her, he'll have to rely on his oh gosh, rely on his sword-wielding ability, but when the tables turn, will they be able to, to team up to take down the competition? I'm not even going to pronounce the Japanese name, but it's the Ace Attorney anime from A1 Pictures, which I have watched the first episode of, and it's an A1 Pictures adaptation, I'll say that much. And this is the Ace Attorney anime. It's basically the trilogy of games condensed into an anime season. High Fury from Production IMS. In the sea we live, the sea we protect, in the sea we go. Japan, a hundred years after plate subductions caused many other countries to be submerged, to save the remaining countries, the coastal cities that had been built up were launched into the seas, and the seaborne routes between them expanded. With this expansion, a need for personnel that could safeguard the seas arose. 
Women began to women began to seek employment in the new industry, and soon the blue mermaids, those who keep the sea safe, began to be a source of admiration for many. The childhood friends Akeno Misaki and Moika China sought to become blue mermaids themselves, and together with others who shared their dream, they enrolled in Yokosuka's Marine High School. Hundred from Production IMS. The story begins with the Hundred, the only weapon that can counter the mysterious savage life form attacking Earth. To become a slayer, master of military arts, who wields this hundred, the main character, Hayato Kisaragi, successfully enrolls in the Marine Academy's shitty city ship, Little Garden. That's going to sound like a curse word, but I'm not going to bleep it. <laughs> However, I wanted to meet you, Hayato. H who are you? Hayato feels a strange yet familiar sense of incongruity. In in I can't even pronounce English words. Towards... Emil Crossford, his roommate, who somehow knows him from somewhere. On top of that, as soon as he enters the school, he is challenged to a duel by the Queen, the school's most powerful slayer, Claire Harvey. It's a real simple name. Jojo's Bizarre Adventure, Diamond Wa Kudakene, is... Jojo's Bizarre Adventure Part 4? I think that's pretty much what it is. Part 4 focuses on Josuke... He oh god, I'm going to butcher this. Higashikata, the Ill illegitimate son of Joseph Joestar, were with Jotaro Kujo and Joseph Joestar along in the supporting role. Joker Game from Production IG In 1937, before World War II begins in earnest, Lieutenant Colonel Yuki of the Imperial Japanese Army forms the D-Agency, an army intelligence outfit under his command and tutelage. Army General Staff attaches his Lieutenant Sakuma to observe the unit's performance. D-Agency casts a wide net to find agents beyond Japanese military personnel, and Yuki establishes D-Agency's tenets, which go against IJA, IJA doctrine. Don't kill, don't get killed, don't get captured. With this, Yuki trains a team of operatives who conduct missions against domestic and foreign powers. Kaito Joker 3, the third season of Kaito Joker. Kamiwaza Wanda from TMS Entertainment. The story is set in a world where every event has been turned into programs and mysterious monsters known as Promen maintain the world. However, many Promen who have turned into bugs known as Bugmen are responsible for many of the world's world, real-life bugs. Left alone, they may eventually turn to a big problem. The boy, Yuto, encounters the space dog Wanda, and the pair use a camera-like device and key, and key items to capture Bugmen. Promen themselves are able to do things like accelerate objects, spew fire, or create objects, through an ability known as Kamiwaza, Miracle, and are able to find, fend off Bugmen, which are with it. At first, the Bugmen only cause small, bothersome things, but it will soon ele elevate into a global-scale threat. Can one boy and one dog save the world? Mobile Suit Gundam Re-0096, which I think is also a unicorn sequel? I think I saw? It's from Sunrise. UC-0096, three years, three years after Shars Rebellion, Bonnegar Lynx, a boy who lives on the manufacturing colony Industri Industrial 7, meets a mysterious girl named Audrey Byrne. She claims to seek to, the she claims to seek to prevent a potential war by interfering with the transfer of Laplace's box from the Vis Foundation to a new a Neo Zeon remnant known as the Sleeves. However, when a Federation squad also sent to prevent the transfer clashes with the Sleeves, the colony is purged into battle or plunged into battle. As Bonnegar races through the flames in search of Audrey, one other faithful encounter awaits him, the Unicorn Gundam, a pale white mobile suit that's the key to Lapsa's box. I feel like I this is just the, the, the plot to Unicorn, but having, I've never actually seen Unicorn, 
So I wonder like what the differences between the two are. That's something I should research at some point or another. Kiz Niver from Trigger. The fictional Japanese city named Sugomori City is built on reclaimed land. But as the years go by, the city's population is decreasing. One day, Sonosake tells her classmate Katsuhira, You have been selected to be a Kiznaivar. The Kizuna system, which allows Katsuhira to share his wounds, connects him to the classmates whose lives and personalities completely differ from his. The Kizuna system is an incomplete system for the implementation of, worlds, of world peace that connects people through wounds. All these who are connected to the system are called Kiznaivars. When one Kiznaiver is wounded, the system divides and transmits the wound among the other Kiznaivers. That doesn't sound pleasant. Kotetsujo no Kabaniri. As the world in the middle of, the, of an industrial revolution, a monster appears that cannot be defeated unless its heart, which is protected by a layer of iron, is pierced. By infecting humans with its bite, the monster can create aggressive and undead creatures known as Kabane. On the island Hinamoto, located in the Far East, people have built stations to shelter themselves from these creatures. People across the station, as well as transport wares... As well as transfer wares between them, with the help of locomotive running on steam called Hayajiro. Ikoma, a boy who lives in the Aragain station and helps to build Hayajiro, creates his own weapon called Tzlogod Surano Kizitsu in order to defeat the creatures. One day, as he waits for an opportunity to use his weapon, he meets a girl named Mumei, who has escaped from the mandatory Kabain inspection. During the night, Ikuma meets Mumei again as he sees Hayajiro going out of control. The staff on the locomotive have turned into the creatures. The station now under attack by now under attack by Kabane is the opportunity Ikuma has been looking for. Kumamiko from Kinama Citrus. The story follows Mache, or Machi, a middle school student who serves as a shrine maiden at Shinto Shrine, enshrining a bear in the recess in the recesses of a certain mountain in Japan's northern to Tohoku region. Machi's guardian is a talking bear named Natsu, and one day Machi says to Natsu, I want to go to a school in the city. The worry word Natsu then gives Machi, who is ignorant in the ways of the world, a set of trials that she must pass in order to be able to survive in the city. That just totally happens, right? Kiro Mukuro from PA Works, an original anime by Studio PA Works in celebration of the studio's 15th anniversary. Great description. <laughs> Kyokai no Rene 2. The Shinigami Rene Rokudo and Sakura Mamiya, the girl who can see ghosts, attend the same school. The two spend their days revolving or solving the worries of spirits. Rene is so poor that he is forced to borrow money from Sakura to buy Shinigami tools to solve their cases. Rene and Sakura care for each other, but their relationship is not progressing. However, with the appearance of a new contracted black hat, a beautiful Damashigame, and a person whom Rene shares a special circumstance, the, su the situation becomes even more chaotic. Rene and Sakura's after-school time wrapped up in the world of Spears continues. Macross Triangle by Statelight. Macross Triangle, aka Macross Delta, is set eight years after the events of Macross F. Maji Sinbad no Boken from Leduce, the official website for the manga. That's, that's, that just says it's an adaptation of a manga. Thanks. Mayo, uh, Mayo, Mayoiga from Dio Medea. 30 young men and women who come together on a shady bus tour. The tour's destination, an elusive, probably non-existent village called Nanakim Nanakimura. In Nanakimura, one can lead a utopian existence free of the world's obstacles, or so it was rumored, like an urban legend. In despair over the real world, wanting to escape the tedious daily life, wanting to restart your life from scratch. The bus had a deep... The bus headed deep into the mountains, carrying 30 people, each harboring their own expectations and wounds in their hearts. 
And so the place these 30 arrived at was an uninhabited village with the lingering faint sense of life even though it was falling apart. What is the truth of Nanakimura facing the 30? You can't miss even one episode. That seems a little presumptuous to put that into your summary. Natoji no yome wa onako jani janai to Omata from Project Number 9. The story centers on Hideki Nishimura, a young man who confessed to a person he thought was a girl online, only to, for that person to turn out to be a boy. He keeps his black history secret and swears to never trust a girl online again. However, one day, a girl online confesses to him, and it turns out she's actually a beautiful girl named Ako Tamaki. Ako cannot tell the difference between the online world and reality, and she has longer. She is a longer, or she is a loner, not a longer, a loner who has trouble communicating. Hideki and his friends from his from his guild decide to work together to correct her. Prepara third season. Third season of Prepara. Rezero Kara Hajimiro Isake Saikatsu. In the story, Subaru Natsuki is an ordinary high school student who is lost in an alternative world where he is rescued by a beautiful silver-haired girl. He stays near her to return the favor, but the destiny she is burdened with is more than Subaru can imagine. Enemies attack one by one, and both of them are killed. He then finds out he has the power to rewind death, back to the time he first came to this world, but only he remembers what has happened since. Sakamoto Deska from Studio Dean First-year high school student Sakamoto isn't just cool, he's the coolest. Almost immediately after starting school, he began attracting everyone's attention. The girls love him, and most of the boys resent him. There's even a boy in the class who works as a model, but who is constantly upstaged by Sakamoto. No matter what tricks the other boys try to play on him, Sakamoto always manages to foil with ease, or foil them with ease and grace. Though Sakamoto may seem cool and aloof, he helps others when asked, such as in the case of the boy in the class who is being constantly bullied. No matter what difficulty Sakamoto encounters, he moves through his high school life with confidence in class. Sancha Sanyo The comedy manga follows the everyday life of three very different high school students. Futaba Odagiri is incredibly energetic, but is also a glutton. Teru Hayama looks like an angel, but she is really a demonic class president. Yoko Nishikawa is the daughter of a family that used to be a member of the upper class, but after her family's company went bankrupt, they became poor. Clearly an uplifting summary right there. Saison Cerberus, Cerberus, Ryokoko no Fatalite from Bridge. The anime is set in a in a cons, or a continent, cannot read today, ruled by sword and magic called Kunan, where a power balance between the holy kingdom of Amoria, the kingdom of <laughs> Ishifen, and the Vanrodus kingdom keeps a peace so unstable that any tragedy that befalls any one kingdom will mean war for the entire continent. Another power, the evil dragon Dagonzord, also resides on the continent, and no one is powerful enough to stop him from spreading destruction and charred land in his wake. Two individuals, Byro and Kissimitate, undertook a ritual alongside a party of wizards to seal Dagonzord, but were foiled. This event was known thereafter as the Balbogoa Tragedy. Byro and Kismitate's son, Hiro, is saved by Giro, and Hiro swears to avenge his parents' death and trains himself with the sword. When Hiro turns 16, he sets out on a journey to slay the dragon, and Giro accompanies him, having no choice. Along the way, they meet they meet some people, apparently. They meet many types of people and gain companions of, on their journey. Shonen Maid from 8-Bit. The manga revolves around Chihiro Komiya, an energetic elementary school student who is living with his mom. 
Chihiro is very good at doing housework and chores, and his mo mother's motto is no work, no food. After his mother suddenly dies, a man named Madoka Takatori, who claims to be his uncle, shows up and asks Chihiro to come live with him. Chihiro initially refuses, but when seeing the horribly dirty state of Madoka's rich home, he decides to start cleaning it. Then Madoka makes another offer to Chihiro, that he comes to live with him, but in exchange, Chihiro will do the housework. Chihiro accepts his seal, but suddenly finds himself in a maid uniform. Shrug shoulders. Sosei no Onmyoji. Studio Pirou. Rokuro dreams of becoming anything but an exorcist. The mysterious Binio turns up. The pair are dubbed the twin star exorcists and learn that they are fated to marry. Can Rokuro escape both fates? When Rokuro's best friend Ryogo goes missing, Rokuro is forced to ask Benio for help to enter Majino, the realm of the evil Kagere, to rescue him. All easy words there to pronounce, really. Super lovers from Studio Dean. A high school boy named Haro and his mother are living overseas. His mother orders him to take care of and civilize his adopted brother Ren, a wild young boy who dislikes talking with other people. While the relationship is adversarial at first, they grow closer as they begin to understand one another. Tanaka-kun wa Itsumo Kedaruji. Tanaka, who is a high school student, simply is a slacker and does not want to do anything at all. He loves to sleep during classes and prefers not to move, prefers not moving to save energy. One day, he meets his classmate, Ota, who is exactly the opposite. Ota is energetic and leader in class. He becomes friends with Tanaka and tries to make him start moving, based on a popular comic from Nozomi Uda. That sounds basically just like the plot of uh, Hyoka. Terraformers Revenge from Liden Films. It's the second season of Terraformers. Tonkatsu DJ Agetaru. The manga follows Agetaru Katsumada, a stupid but honest guy whose family has run a tonkatsu restaurant for three generations. He's also a beginner club DJ. Unhappy with a music note from Silverlink. The story centers around Class 1-7 of Tene Tenegofune Academy, where all the students with bad karma or misfortune seem to have been gathered. Hibari, a student in this class, meets the unlucky Hanako and the perennially unhealthy Botan on her first day of school, and together they try to find a way to turn their school life into a happy one. And finally, Ushio de Toro 2, the second season of Ushio de Toro. And then there's a few winter leftovers of Assassination Classroom and Nishiro Days. Maybe some other ones that just aren't listed here, but I can't tell you that. And then there are some TV shorts, Aggressive Retsuko, Aware Misaku-kun, Bishoujo Yuji Unit Crane Game Girls, okay, Bono Bono 2, Buddy Go, Coco and Nico, Hakuuke, Oto Gisoshi, Kagawane Show, Namaku, Namaku, Sekai no Tomodachi, Neko Mo Ondeke, Neko Neko Nihonshi, Onigiri, which that's a video game, and a bad one at that. <laughs> Panda Peace, Panpaka Pans W.O. New, Ragnar Strike Angels, Shonen Ashibe Go Go Komachan, Ucho Patrol Lulko, Usa Kame, and Wagamama High Spec. And then there's a few movies as well. There's an Ajin movie, Detective Conan, Garu. Tamayura Sosugo Session Part 4, a Yu-Gi-Oh! movie? Okay. And Zutomae Karasuki Deshita Kokohaku Jeku Inkai. And then some OVAs, like the Ajin OVA. There's a Final Fantasy 15 five-part anime, which we will cover when all those episodes are out. This is why I didn't say anything about it, because I haven't watched that first episode either. There's a Durarara OVA. 
Owari no Seraph, and then there's some other stuff as well. And then, as always, we'll preview Summer briefly, which is basically Summer is like, hey, all the <laughs> a bunch of mangas that I've read are being adapted into shows, so that's kind of cool. And there's the the Berserk anime is going to be in Summer. This is Summer, right? Yeah, Summer. Uh, Danganronpa three, the end of Hope's Big Academy, the anime portion of that, which is the end of the the storyline featuring the Danganronpa one and two characters. And then Danganronpa three, the video game, is going to be something completely original as well. Apparently, there's a Love Live new series coming because sure got to milk that gravy train as you know as long as you need tales of zestiria show or something and then like a bunch of manga shows as well as i mentioned earlier and what else is like movies uh the the third digimon adventure try movie will be out the king's Lay final fantasy 15 movie will be out so maybe that'll bankrupt square enix again and they'll have to merge with someone else it'll be you know a spirits within shindig again i really shouldn't make jokes about that because it's not really that funny but who oh boy it's one of those what are they thinking moments and that's going to do it for the episode nine of the seasonal anime checkup so i hope you enjoyed listening to people's thoughts about winter 2016 the backlog movies the preview of spring 2016 and let me plug everyone who was uh, on this show you can follow Haley at shorty-cake.tumblr.com. You can follow Chris at astartbeselect.tumblr.com. You can follow Anne at nobodylovesaperfecthero.tumblr.com. And origami10.tumblr.com as our Tumblr write-in. And you can follow me on Twitter at ragbag. Follow me on Tumblr, jaredclemens.tumblr.com. YouTube.com slash ragbag315 if you want to watch me play bad games. And... Check out SeasonalAnimeCheckup.com. It's the website for this silly little podcast. It's where I write stuff about games and anime and all that sort of stuff. So you can check out features like Does It Hold Up? Or I go look at past shows from my youth. See how they hold up in, you know, the light of today. How I think, you know, and how I critique stuff in the present. And you can go read reviews of games, anime movies, general thoughts about other shows. All that sort of stuff. And there'll probably be other stuff that will go up sometime over the summer when I should have more time to write. But I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Seasonal Anime Checkup. The next time we will be joining you it will be in the summer, when hopefully it's a lot warmer and not snowing <laughs> when I record this. I hope it's not snowing in summer. That would be really weird. I mean, I would enjoy it because I don't like heat that much, but that would just be a little weird. So thank you for, for tuning in, listening. I hope you enjoyed, and I will see you in the summer for episode number 10, Double Digits of your favorite quarterly podcast, The Seasonal Anime Checkup.